You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. Yeah, man, they out here prostituting kiddos. Fill their pockets with the Nero. Pedophiles, pitiful, sell a child, a centerfold. Take their innocence, put it on the internet. Purity's tainted, dignity shaking. Enslaving the soul of all of these babies. And freedom got a price nobody paying. Making money, American dream, ain't it? Nah! Hey everybody, this is Chris Baker from Inc. 180, and this is episode 7 of the Think 180 podcast. Here this morning with my friend, producer Kyle Craning. Good morning. And uh, we're going to talk about sex trafficking again today. Um, something that we really didn't touch on before, and I, it's something that I think needs to be talked about talked about a lot more than it is is the demand side why is there even sex trafficking going on um, people ask me that all the time They're like chris you know there's so much good work being done for the survivors and so much good work being done on the front side to try to educate people um, educate kids and educate the community about sex trafficking but like why is it even going on and uh, we're going to talk about that today. So it's, uh, you know, another one of those subjects and like, like a lot of the things we deal with, it's a subject that's uh, a very sensitive topic. So parents, you know, I, I would say definitely listen to this first and then um, see how you, how you feel it would be for your kids to find it for it to be appropriate. Um, but it definitely is information that they need to be hearing about. So we're happy you joined us this morning. Um, <laughs> you know, people ask me that. Chris, why is there sex trafficking? It's like, well, there's a lot of issues around it. Um, people are, are addicted to things and there's different kinds of addiction. We always hear about drug addiction and, you know, one of the things that we don't talk about is, is sexual addiction, porn addiction and things like that. Um, topics that the church is afraid to address. Um, I have friends of mine that are speakers and actually we're going to have one of them in an upcoming episode here talking about a book he's writing about porn addiction but he talks to churches all the time uh, to go in and speak in their church about his issue with porn addiction and how he's dealing with it churches won't even have him in to talk about it because it's a subject that you know while it is hard to hear about it's something that a lot of people deal with and a lot of people are struggling with, and the church is afraid to talk about it. And you know why? Because a lot of them are pastors, youth pastors, um, elders in churches. It's the whole church. It's not just you know people sitting in the in the pews trying to get get right with God and trying to get you know their mess cleaned up. We all have our mess. I mean, we've talked about my messes a lot, and you know we continue to do that, and we will continue to do that. Different things I've dealt with in my life, but. You know, this is something, this is a topic that if we don't start talking about it as a community, we're not going to see any changes to things like sex trafficking or sexual assault or molestation, um, things that are ugly things in the world that need to be changed and need to go away. Um, we're weak people. We are weak individuals, and, and we have all succumbed to different things in our lives. Um, but the thing with pornography, especially, you know, I've heard it said a lot of times when I'm at different events, pornography is a gateway drug to trafficking and other horrible things down the road. You know, men and women watch porn in their relationship sometimes or just by themselves. 
and they think, oh, it's harmless. Uh, porn is harmless. It doesn't hurt anybody. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I think we talked about um, our trip to the, the porn convention a couple episodes ago with our friend Annie Donwald. Uh, she, she talked to us, and, and uh, we went with her, and it was three days of just insanity. I mean, we got to pray with a ton of people, which was awesome. We gave out a ton of free T-shirts to people, and I'll tell you, like I did in that episode, it's alarming to me to see just how many people wear those shirts around still when I go to speak in their church. And they have no idea that the only place we gave them out was the porn convention. Um, it, it's a huge issue. And we need, we need to address it. We need to talk about it more because it's just as addictive as, as drugs and alcohol. It, it creates a chemical reaction in the brain that makes it very addictive. You know, the thing with porn is it creates unrealistic expectations of relationships. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, a study that Case did here in a minute, but a lot of Johns that have been arrested and they've been interviewed by different organizations, they're like, you know, why did, why did you pay for sex? Why did you hire a prostitute or, or go on backpage.com and, you know, seek out sex from somebody else for pay? And <clears throat> they say, well, it's because, you know, my wife won't do this. My wife, my wife doesn't have sex with me, period. My wife doesn't do this for me. My wife doesn't do that. And they will say they'll, they'll take it and walk it back to them being addicted to pornography and the things that they see in porn that they want that their wife or girlfriend or their husband, I mean, women pay for sex too, guys. I mean, we, we always talk about female victims of sex trafficking. Uh, there's a ton of male victims too. And we're going to be talking about that with an organization in Chicago here in the next few weeks. Um, to really give that side of things because it doesn't get talked about. But men and women are addicted to pornography and, and it's creating just crazy expectations inside their head that they are looking for an outlet for. A lot of the Johns um, that we've heard speak at events or have been interviewed by other organizations, they don't even consider it a negative because they're paying for the sex. They're like, I can do whatever I want because I paid for it. Right. Um, they don't even consider it cheating because they paid for it. Um, case is a phenomenal organization. If you guys aren't familiar with case, it's the Chicago Alliance against sexual exploitation. They did a study a few years ago. It was probably four years ago. Now, um, case is a great organization. They go out and they speak in schools um, more than any other organization we work with. I mean, we do that as well, but these, these guys do it on a huge, huge level. Um, and they go in and they, they talk to the entire school. And then they also really have deeper conversations with young boys, you know, young men in the schools. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot of the things that kids are dealing with here too. But um, that's, you know, that's the bottom line. If we ever want to see a, a reduction, you know, everybody says, oh, I, I'm in this to end trafficking. Guys, there is more slaves in this, in this world now than there's ever been in human history. Okay, so to say that you're going to wipe it out 100% is an unrealistic expectation. But we go after it one at a time, right? We go after those who are being trafficked. We go after those who are potential Johns. We go after the community to educate the community. 
But Case does a phenomenal job, and we really respect and admire the work that they do. Um, Case did this report three or four years ago, and they interviewed Johns who were arrested for buying sex. Um, John is just a slang term for perpetrator of a crime of, of solicitation of prostitution, uh, whether they be um, soliciting someone that's underage or 18 plus. So uh, these Johns that were interviewed by Case, um, it came up with some pretty shocking results. Um, I always thought before I read this report, because it was when I was really starting to get into the work of, of fighting sex trafficking here at Inc. 180, but um, they were talking to these guys, and they, this was men that they had approached, and they said, why did you do it? Why did you pay for sex? And they said things like, well, my wife doesn't have sex with me, or I don't have a girlfriend, I don't have a significant other. Um, but the, the most terrifying thing, the thing that really stuck out in my head when I read this report was the number of these men that said it had almost nothing to do with sexual contact at all. It wasn't about sex. It was about the power that they held over this person. And the person would allow that. The, the, the uh, victim would allow it. And, I mean, we're talking about they would beat them. Uh, they would rape them, essentially. I mean, in my, in my opinion, that's what this is anyway, is rape for pay, sex trafficking. Um, but we're talking about violent sex uh, where the victims were beaten, tortured um, in horrible ways. And we've, we've seen stories recently here in the Chicago area. Um, the FBI is working on a case right now, or it just wrapped up, I believe, where there was a, a, a John who called to set up an appointment, with a, which happened to be a young girl. She was underage. The pimp drove, him, drove her to his house on Christmas Eve, and he ended up beating her and murdering her. He cut her throat um, because he thought that that was his right, and he didn't want to pay her, so he decided he was going to beat her and kill her. Um, the average age of entry into sex trafficking is 13 to 14. We talked about that weeks ago, but um, what sticks out in my mind even more than that is that the average life expectancy of somebody that is falling into trafficking is, you know, three to four years. Well, what do you mean? What does that mean? Well, it means a lot of different things. Um, one of the things is suicide, drug overdoses, um, murders by pimps and murders by Johns. Um, we hear it. We've heard these stories, um, quite regularly and, and far too regularly where, you know, on the news, they'll just come on and say, oh, a, a known prostitute was found murdered in a hotel um, in Chicago. And that's all they say about it. Um, we hear it a lot. It's, it, we're seeing more and more stories on the Internet, things like that, um, just violent ends to their lives. Um, because these Johns, a lot of them are in it for um, the power that they have over the victim and um being able to take out their frustrations on them because they think that's their right. Uh, people ask me all the time, like, who, who are these guys? Who are these Johns? You know, if we're talking about, let's just say we're just talking about male Johns right now. Um, <laughs> there's no typical, there's no typical demographic. It's, you know, I've, I've read stories um, of doctors, lawyers, teachers, which is even more terrifying. I'm going to talk about a teacher situation here in a second. Um, cops, 
pastors, youth pastors, um, you know, we, we know that sex trafficking is a huge crime and it goes on every single day in every single community of this country and beyond. Um, you know, people always get so hung up on the Super Bowl, like, like that's the only time trafficking goes down. Um, trafficking goes on in every community of this country, 24, 7, 365. There's not a safe place in this country or beyond. Um, but you know, we see, we've seen a lot of things recently with like, uh, well, there's a religious conference in a the city. There was this one down in Orlando where a youth pastor got arrested for solicitation of prostitution. And you know, it, nobody is immune to it. You know, people are sick. If it doesn't matter what they do for a living, uh, we need to address that. We talked a lot about mental health issues, um, but porn addiction, I think is a major, major player in this and, and just doesn't get talked about enough. Um, where, you know, so what do we do about it? Like we need to talk to our kids and, and have those hard conversations with our kids about things like porn and, you know, having sex too early in their lives. And, you know, my poor kids, I say poor, but it's to their benefit. I mean, we have hard conversations in our house and, and it starts conversations about um, things that are hard for parents to hear. And, you know, our house is that house because, all of our kids' friends know that we're pretty open and honest with our kids. Well, we're very open and honest with our kids about things. And, you know, we'll answer questions without necessarily freaking out on them. So they'll come and ask us. Um, more specifically, it's like um, Mackenzie's friend. Mackenzie's ni- our 19-year-old. You know, her friends have always kind of come to Lisa to ask questions. And the things that are asked are crazy. I mean, it, it's scary. Um Kids are inundated with the hypersexualization of everything around them, like movies, TV, music, um, advertisements. I mean, when you're sitting there watching watching the game on TV or watching whatever you're watching, and you're seeing um, people selling shampoo, and it's hypersexualized, like the woman's acting like she's having an orgasm washing her hair. I'm like, I'm you know, I don't think that really happens, um, but. Madison Avenue wants us all to believe it. Um, but you know, it, it's interesting to sit and have this different perspective at, in my life now, you know, down the road. I mean, I, like I talked before, I met ice T a few weeks ago and you know, when I was a kid, that's what I listened to. I listened to all this stuff now that just makes me cringe, you know, talking about pimps and you know, all this stuff. And, and I, when I was younger, that's what I was listening to because that's what the culture had me listening to. Um, but it's, it's like, it's on steroids now for our kids and, you know, they're surrounded by it. Um, I'm going to talk about something that's going to make some of you females cringe right now and, and squirm a little bit in your chairs. Um, 50 shades of gray, right? I, when that, when that book came out, the, 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 um, frenzy that it caused, I guess is probably the best word. Women everywhere were reading that. We had women in our church that were like, oh my God, have you started reading this? It's an amazing book. It's so good, blah, blah, blah. You know, guys, it's, it's, it's not. It's, uh, if that guy wasn't rich and handsome, that would be a horrible story, you know? And women fell for that and loved it and went to the movies. And I, you know, I had women on Facebook sending me messages saying, yeah, I went to see this movie and now I kind of feel bad, like maybe I shouldn't have. You know, it was about this guy and he's, you know, forcing this girl to do things that she doesn't want to do and all that. And like, yeah, 
and the culture shoved 50 shades of gray down all of our throats and, and people consumed it and people still consume it. And, um, you know, it's, it's not just a guy thing, men and women fall for this stuff. Um, pimp culture, right? I mean, growing up, like pimp my ride. I've watched it all the time. Um, 50 cent singing about I don't know what you heard about me. Put a can't get a dollar out of me. No Cadillac, no perms, you can't see. Then I'm a VIMP. 50 was singing it, you know, that's he thought that was great. How many, how many millions of copies of that song did he sell, you know? Um Snoop Dogg, Bishop Don Magic Wand parading around with Snoop Dogg all the time in his his money green suit and you know, I, I swear, I swear to God in all things holy, if I see one more kid walking around with a pimp chalice or a cane, I'm going to go insane um, because our kids have been lied to, to, you know, think that that's cool and that's okay. And, you know, ha, that's funny. I'm going to dress up as a pimp for Halloween. I hear kids say it all the time. Oh, man, that's so pimp. And I'm like, what does that mean? So that's so pimp. What? It's violent and vile and disgusting and beats up women and, and you know, ruins lives and things like that. Uh, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. Um, our kids have a 20 and not just kids, guys, all of us. We have a 24 seven constant flow of porn to our phones, you know. Uh, we've talked about it, cell phones and social media safety and all that. Smartphones are one of the best invention of my life. They're also one of the most terrifying uh, because they're used to buy, sell, and trade trafficking victims all day long, set up appointments, have them delivered to your house. Like my, my, my buddy Mike Barker says, you can have it delivered to your house like a pizza, you know? And it, it's true. It's, it's made to order. It's, it's you know set it up through your phone, have it delivered to wherever you want. You can pay through your phone. Uh, Backpage.com has mobile apps. All these places have mobile apps. You know, we had a, a situation here a couple couple years back where these kids set up a fake Instagram or an anonymous Instagram account called Thoughts of Oswego, and they're posting nude photos of young girls online that they had received in text messages from girls. Um, I just got a, a message, a direct message on the Inc. 180 Facebook page the other day about the app Musical.ly. Um, and my, my youngest daughter, Quinn, has used it. It's, uh, you know, you make music videos and sing, just lip syncing and stuff like that. And we monitor it really closely. But there is a, um, there is an Instagram. Here, here is an action. You're asking me what you can do. I want you to go on right now. If you have Instagram, I want you to go on to this page. Um, it, there's no nudity on it, so I will say that, but it is suggestive photos that came out of Musical.ly that people, that kids submitted. The Instagram account is called S-E-X-W-C-W. I want you to go on and report that so Instagram takes it down um, because they're all, they're underage girls. There's like 13, 14 year old girls standing there in very seductive, you know, poses with like very little clothing. I mean, they are covered, so I will tell you that. But these are young kids and it needs to get reported because there's creepy people out there watching for them and then making contact through because it shows a lot of times it'll show their um, Musical.ly account. Um, I, a friend of mine, a friend of mine who I've known for probably six, seven years now, sent me an email the other day. And he said, Chris, my, my oldest daughter is 18 and she wants to work in a strip club. 
what are your thoughts on that? Do you know anybody that's done that? And it had it be a positive experience. I was like, Oh my God, what are you even talking about? Like, are you kidding me? Um, now the daughter, they, they've had some issues before. Like she's run away from home to be with a guy and, and different things like that. Um, she's put herself in, in danger a few different times. And he, he said, yeah, you know, she wants to do, she wants to be a waitress, but I'm worried that she's going to eventually want to be a dancer there. I'm like, well, that's a pretty realistic path. I, you know, unfortunately it's kind of how things go a lot of the times. And he said, well, what do I do? And I'm thinking, I'm like, you should have done it years ago. I mean, yes, you know, it's hard to be a parent. It is a difficult job. It's the hardest job I've ever had. And it's also the best job I've ever had. But we need to have these hard conversations before our kids turn 18 and it's too late for us to, you know, make a change. I mean, what are you going to do? Kick her out of your house and then you don't even know what's going on. This is, this is the kind of stuff I'm seeing. These are the messages I get. These are the phone calls I get at two in the morning saying, Oh my God, my daughter ran away. She left her phone here and, and left with her cash and this and that, um, doesn't have her wallet or anything what do we do? How do we go find her? I'm like, you know, what do we do? Um, we need to have conversations with our kids. We need to have conversations with our kids. And, and honestly, some of those are going to keep us up at night. And as parents, that's the, that's the job we signed up for when we had our kids and we need to, we need to take it more seriously. I mean, you know, we've talked before, you know, I have three kids. My kids are, um, Mackenzie is our oldest. She's 19. Tyler is my, my son, my middle, and he's 15. And then Quinn is 12. She's 12 and, uh, just turned 12 actually. And particular, I mean, I've, we've had extensive conversations with all three of our kids. Um, uh, and we continue to, but Tyler in particular, um, when I, when we had Tyler, Pretty much from the moment that he could understand words coming out of my mouth, I, I've taught him how to treat women and how to treat girls. Um, that's something that doesn't happen often enough. I know it didn't happen in my life. My dad, um, was, my dad was a pig. I mean, it was all about, you know, go out and, and get with as many girls as you can. And he thought that was hilarious. And he'd have porn going in, in the house and wouldn't really try to hide it and magazines and whatnot. And so I was taught at a young age that it was okay to objectify women, that they were pretty much there just for my entertainment. Um, thank God I met my wife and my in-laws because they have taught me a completely different way uh, as a young man and, and taught me how to be a man. Um, and my mom too. But, um, with Tyler, it's like, here's how you behave. You, you, you know, you never put your hands on a woman. I'm going to tell you what the word no means and you're going to understand it because if you fail to do that, you're going to have a bigger problem than the police with me. Um, and really just teaching him that women are not an object of enjoy, you know, just for fun. Um, women are equally valuable in a relationship and you have to respect that. And he does, he, you know, he's 15 now. And the one thing I will say um, is, you know, he's had a couple girlfriends and he does treat them great. He, tre he treats his sisters great and his mom and, you know, women in his life. And that's one of the biggest gifts to having these hard conversations. And, you know, y yes, you need to have the conversations to a point where it feels like you're beating your head into the wall, like you're over discussing it. 
You can't have, you know, people, oh, I had the talk with my kid. What are you talking about the talk? Like, it's the talks. Like, I, I want people to have conversations with their kids all the time. Like, you know, we're, we're sitting here this morning, Kyle and I, and um, had the TV on in the background while we were setting up all the equipment, and two and a half men is on. Two and a half men, all they talk about is, you know, Charlie Sheen's character getting prostitutes and, and that how that's okay. And, you know, they got this this young kid in the house and he's hearing all this and seeing all this, um, you know, prostitutes coming in and out of the house. And like, why is that okay? Why, like, why was that one of the most popular shows on TV for years? You know, it was like a, a punchline. Oh, yeah, you know, Charlie, I'm going to get a prostitute today. And, you know, oh, I've got one here now and I've got another one coming. How do I get rid of this one before the other one comes? Like, dude, are you serious? Like this, <laughs> this is the crap that we're consuming um, it just, it makes me sick. Yeah. I hated that show. Right. I mean, I never watched it. It I, probably cause I just don't like Charlie Sheen. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, but here's the, here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing that doesn't get talked about now is Charlie Sheen did that show, John Cryer, and they made prostitution like a household name. Now dude has HIV because he was going out and visiting prostitutes. And not being careful. And now he's got HIV. And where are they talking about that? They're not talking about that at all. Um, Maybe every once in a while when he goes on one of his drug-fueled tirades, he ends up on Good Morning America for five minutes. But like, why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we talking to our kids about the reality of what can happen and the lives that he ruined by doing that? Because God knows how many people he infected. Um, Who knows? Chris, I think you made a great point, though, back about having the, the talk. It has yeah. to be talks. It's not, you can't, it's not that old story anymore. You can't, no. you know, back in the 60s and, so, you know, whenever it was, right? Where right. The, the talk and everything. And you see it on the movies and TV shows, and it's funny and everything. Yeah. But in the reality, in today's world, and, you know, if you listen to the podcast before, it's, you know, it's Twitter, it's Facebook. Yeah. It's all the social media. It's all the TV. It's music. It, and just like you, you know, you listen to this music that you listen to back in the day, and it's like, how did I? Right. <laughs> you know, it does make you cringe, but yeah, yeah. there's you have to ha- you have to have multiple talks now because there's so many different avenues. It's just not, you know, a guy and a girl going steady. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Right. It's not here. Here's my Letterman this is jacket. Like milkshakes and movie theaters anymore. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing kids. Mackenzie brought uh, something to my attention this week. She said, you know, she's on Twitter and all this stuff, and she's like, oh my gosh. You're not gonna believe like this girl and this guy, um, they've been dating for a couple of years here in Oswego, and they just videotaped themselves having sex and submitted it to Pornhub.com, and apparently they uploaded it and they put it all over social media. Like, hey, check us out on Pornhub. Like, that's a cool thing. Like, it it is all of a sudden. I don't. It, I think it's the revolution of. Pornhub and what it's done yeah. and the way it's advertised. Yep. And then also now, I mean, camming. Right. I mean, there's, you know, the, one of the most popular ones I've seen in articles, as it was mentioned, is Chatterbait. Yep. <laughs> yeah, mean, they, they were at the porn convention when were we they? were there and we were talking about that. We're like, how do you ensure that these people are over 18? Right. I mean, I was a bouncer for a long time. And I, you know how many fake IDs I saw over that, over that 15 years of doing that? Like, how? Do you do any kind of background checks on people? They they looked at me like, you know, I had three eyes on my forehead. But, um, you know, people need to be be aware of what's going on. They were at the, the porn convention and 
they were one of the busiest booths. You're right. I mean, it is a huge deal. People online doing video chats and, and this and that. Um, porn is a huge business. It's one of the biggest businesses in this country, and it's it's terrifying. It's uh, it's it's playing a big role, and it, it is a gateway drug. You know, some some people might be listening to this, going, "Oh man, whatever." Like, I so what? I watch porn. What's the big deal? It doesn't hurt anybody. You know, what? it's not a victimless it's not a victimless situation at all. Um, just my opinion on it. Um, yep. The other thing is, you know, we're we're talking, we're we're focused so much on the males, like talking to my son and talk, you know, males um, buying sex. Like I said, women buy sex too. Okay, but here's the thing, I, and I say this all the time. Uh, somewhere along the line, here in the in this country, we stopped teaching our boys how to really be men and how to treat women. Uh, properly and how to, um, you know, like I'm trying to bring that back. I'm trying to bring back some of those old values where, you know, we had mutual respect for each other in this country. I don't know what the hell happened, but we don't have it much anymore. But along that same line, like we, we stopped teaching our girls how to be women and how to view themselves for something more than just a sexual object. And, you know, I hear this all the time and I've heard it in my house and I've, um, I've seen it and, conversations I've had with other people all over the country and like, well, my daughter's dressing this way or my daughter's, you know, talking to this person or doing this. I was like, well, have you had conversations with her about it? Well, no, you know, I mean, these magazines that these kids read and, you know, there was just a a huge thing. I'm going to mess up on what magazine I want to say it was teen Vogue. I'll forgive you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, there's, I think it was teen Vogue, but there was a whole article in there this magazine's geared towards teenagers and they're talking about how, how to do anal sex. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like, seriously, what happened to like, you know, 10 cute hairstyles for prom? What happened to those days? You know, um, we live in a world, we live in a country that is, is more apt to watch keeping up with the Kardashians than something, you know, positive. And that's the thing that, that kills me. I mean, media is a joke. Um, TV is a joke. Movies are a joke. It's sick. The stuff that they pawn off on us as entertainment and the effect that it has on us and our kids. Um, it just, it scares the hell out of me. We, and you know, one of the other things, and I kind of talked about it before with my dad, but we need to model the behavior we want to see in our kids. You know, I, (laughs) How many, how many people that read Fifty Shades of Grey had it just sitting around their house? And how many of their kids picked it up and glanced at it because they had heard about it on the news or whatnot? Uh, who knows? But, you know, people talking. You know, I have friends still that still think it's okay to go to strip clubs and this and that. And, you know, they don't hide that stuff from their kids. So their kids think it's okay. And, you know, we need to model what we want our kids to become. Um, because God knows when I was a young kid, I didn't have a great role model in my father for that. I mean, it, just at all. And it, I don't really want to talk about him much more because it just makes me angry. So we'll move on. But, you know, people ask me, Chris, you know, this is all this is all good and well. But like, what are you doing? Like what people ask me all the time, what are you doing about it? I'm like, what do you mean? What am I doing about it? What are you doing about it? But here's what we're doing about it. Um you know, I've talked about my friend Annie Donwald and Eve's Angels. She and I were sitting around one day doing a tattoo for her, and 
we're like, you know, we need to do something on the, the demand side of this. And it was her, her idea and her thought. And she said, you know, we got to do a campaign like for men. And she asked me, she's like, what are we going to call it? We need a name for it. And I, for some reason I have this gift to come up with acronyms, I guess. Um, and we came up with the armed campaigns, the association of real men ending the demand. And, um, she's very close to having it blow up in a major, major good way. Um, to go out and educate men and, and boys about trafficking and about, you know, all things related to it, prostitution, um, porn, uh, things like that, pimp culture, the rape culture that's out there in the world. So that's one thing. Um, we're happy to be a small part of that uh, that Annie has going on. We're going to talk with her in the coming weeks for that uh, to get more in depth. Um, every year, one of my favorite events I do, I go down to NIU and I talk to all the fraternities. It's a mandatory event that they're um, forced to go to and I'm kind of glad they're forced to because otherwise they probably wouldn't but um, we go out there with a few other organizations the rape crisis center and basically we spend two and a half hours teaching frat boys how to be men and uh, how to treat women we love doing that I love doing men's events Um, there's not enough of them I mean when I go to speak at trafficking events it's you know 99% women uh, and a few guys in there Um, I love that there's any guys in there but I want I want to have more men-only events, and we're going to do more of that. If you're interested in hosting one of those, give me a shout because I'd love to help you set that up and come speak at it. Um, I speak to men's Bible study groups. You know, it doesn't have to be 150 people in a room. I don't care if it's one or you know 3,000; doesn't matter to me. So we do that. Um, we talk about uncomfortable topics when I speak in churches, um, and I kind of have to sneak it in because otherwise they wouldn't let me do it. Uh, and we keep educating our kids in the schools. We're in the school system as often as possible. Um, like I said, Case is another one that we really look up to that's in the schools a lot um, to educate our kids. We need to have those conversations and, and talk to them about, you know, the language they use and the way that they interact and the way that they behave. So we love doing that. Um, last night I, I put up a post on the Ink 180 Facebook page, and this is something that we're adding to the podcast and it's just uh, people who follow our work putting in questions for me to answer here on the podcast. So thank you to everybody who did that. Um, the first question is from uh, my friend Jay Hedrick out in Wichita, Kansas. She said, who's to blame for the Johns? We all are. We all are because we've all bought into this culture that we're, we've succumbed to. And if we're not doing something to change that culture, I think we're all somewhat to blame for it. Um, my pastor, Jeff Mitchell put in a question. He said, I would love an honest conversation on the gateway drugs to buying sex. I th- and I think we covered that pretty well. I think, you know, porn is a, is a huge gateway drug that needs to be talked about and addressed more in the church. Um, Brian Anthony wrote in and he said, where are we in law enforcement? Brian is a local law enforcement officer here in the Chicagoland area. Uh, where are we in law enforcement doing well and how can we improve how we deal with the victims? And this is something I've talked with Brian uh, about before. Uh, he's a great cop and he's, he's had situations that he's heard about and seen where, you know, we're seeing like, especially these massage parlors pop up and I'll take, I've taken evidence to police departments, to the chief and they've not done anything about it. And, you know, I think, <clears throat> We need to give our local level cops the tools that they need and the training that they need to be able to go out and effectively shut these things down. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think that's like kind of a key component. We talked before about the, the low amount of hours that police get trained every year. Um, and that's through no fault of the police departments. They just don't have the funding. So we need to find ways to do more free training for police departments. And that's something that we're working with a lot of the local departments on. Um, but we need to give our cops the tools that they need to be successful in the fight against trafficking. Uh, Devonna Booker wrote in, she said, uh, why they go looking to pay for sex? Do their families and friends know what they do? If not, how do they keep it hidden? Well, it's very easy uh, to keep it hidden, Devon. I mean, they're using their smartphone. You can clear your history pretty easily. Um, it's not out in the open. Um, trafficking is, is very underground. So they'll use their phone. They'll set up an appointment to meet. They'll pay cash or they'll even use Bitcoin to pay for transactions. Uh, and it, it's just not out there. It's not seen. Um, no, I would say that their families definitely don't know that they're doing it um, or their friends because at the end of the day, I think they're pretty disgusted and ashamed with what what they're doing, but apparently not enough to make them be deterred from doing it. Uh, Luby wrote in and said, how would they feel if they knew that somebody was taking advantage of perhaps their daughter or a close family member? The, um, the stories that I've read, you know, people that were arrested for, for buying sex. The thing is, in my opinion, they just don't care. They don't think that far ahead. They, they only think of themselves and they're, you know, fulfilling whatever sick urge has brought them to the point of purchasing sex. I don't think they even consider their family, their, their kids or what it, you know, what effect it has on anybody. Um, Jennifer Upmeyer wrote in, um, I'm going to read this to you. It's kind of long, but I'm going to read it to you because it's important. Uh, the teens from our church just came back from camp and their parents were informed that most of them were addicted to pornography. Their youth director warned parents that 50% of those kids were girls. They immediately came back and had a workshop on the subject. That's awesome. I love that. Um, I explained uh, to James, this is her writing, that possibly all of these girls, his sister's age, would not go missing in D.C. daily. They live in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, would not go missing in the D.C. area daily if there, were, if there weren't such so much demand. Does porn cause most of this demand? How much of this is girls and women? Um, I don't know what the specifics are related to statistics, um, but I'll, I'll, I will tell you this. When we were at that porn convention with Eve's Angels, it was 50-50. Um, and I've had a lot of women tell me, yes, I'm addicted to pornography, um, and it's a problem that I'm, I'm working on. Um, <clears throat> And then she goes on to say in her comment, I heard a large dark net organization was busted recently. Um, is this one of the web pages used for sex trafficking? Talk about the dark net. Yeah, we talked about the dark net um, back when we were talking about social media safety. The dark web is a, an area of the Internet. It's like the, the back alley portion of the Internet um, where, yes, there is a ton of trafficking, um, buying, selling and trading going on. Um, or, you know, appointments are set up a lot of the times there. It's very hard for law enforcement to, to track it down to see who it is and where they are. Uh, but yeah, it does play a huge role in it. And there are people specifically dedicated in federal law enforcement to, to knocking out parts of the dark web um, to get rid of it. I mean, that's really the, the bottom line. They got to get rid of it. 
Um, my friend Michelle Clements wrote in and said, how can I educate my kids uh, driving when they break down and someone stops to help them? This is a great question too. Um, it's something that I just read about recently where a, a child was, or a young adult was driving out and they got, you know, they got a mechanical issue and somebody pulled over to help them. And uh, it was a potentially a, a very bad situation with a trafficker. And it, it is scary. It's scary for our kids and our adult kids and adults to be out there on the road and break down. Um, there's two things that I always tell people or suggest, and I've talked to my kids about it, is number one, get AAA because they're easily identifiable. When you call them, they're nationwide. Uh, when they come to help you, they're identifiable uh, with their ID badges and everything else or law enforcement. Don't, you know, a lot of, a lot of, tra there's a lot of traffickers out there that will do that. They'll just, you know, in their roaming and, and moving victims across the country, they'll come across somebody that's pulled over and they've got a flat or they're overheating, whatever the situation. And they'll stop to help them because, you know, it's just another way to get somebody. And before you know it, they're in the back of their car and going down the road and they are not being let go. So it's, um, I always suggest AAA and law enforcement. Um, for roadside emergencies. Um, a lot of insurance companies also have roadside emergency companies that they've uh, contracted with. So check with your insurance company on that. Uh, Lorelai sent me a message and said, hi, Chris, can you talk about the connection between trafficking and porn? I think we, we've covered that pretty good. Um, we are, we're going to be doing our social media safety class and we are going to be filming it next month. Um, so we can post that on the website at ink180.com um, and also burning it onto DVDs so we can ship it around the country for people that aren't in the area. Uh, but we are incorporating a section to the, the social media safety class about porn um, and how it's used it, it, as far as trafficking goes. So um, it's, it's a huge issue. Uh, people... <laughs> People get involved in, in fighting trafficking and, and there's a lot of different ways to attack it. The demand side, the educational side. Um, there's a lot of things that we can do. We're just trying to do our part. I want you to do your part too. And uh, if, if, if you're looking for ways to do that, I would love to talk to you and have conversations about what you can do using your gifts to to make an impact in your community. Because like I said, this is something that's going on everywhere. It's not just a Chicago thing or Vegas or New York, LA, whatever. It's everywhere. Yeah, I feel like I need to take a nap now. But uh, I wanted to share a few announcements before we wrap things up for the week. Uh, this week, this past Monday night, we had our first meeting of my new small group that I started at Big Life Community Ch Big Life Community Church called Jump and basically it's just a a great way for people who want to get out and serve the community using their gifts um, to make an impact and whether that's related to sex trafficking or gangs or homelessness or whatever the topic um, we would love to help help you brainstorm ideas be a support uh, we're going to be having our next meeting of that group on Monday, August 29th at 7 p.m. Uh, Big Life Community Church here in Oswego at 197 East Washington Street. That's my church. Um, 
I would also love to invite you to come in on Monday, on uh, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 10.45 and uh, just join us. Real laid-back church, come as you are, and uh, we would love to have you join us. But uh, one thing that came out of the, that jump meeting I wanted to share with you, my friend Quinn, ironically, has the same name as my daughter. He's a great, great guy. He's a firefighter, retired military veteran, and um, he did a lot of amazing work in Afghanistan and Iraq and he came to the the jump meeting the other night and he, I didn't know this at all. We go to church together. We talk all the time. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm working with this group and we teach scuba diving to uh, military vets with PTSD, uh, people that are physically disabled and also for kids that are dealing with autism. And he was telling me about it. I was, I was intrigued. I, I always love to hear what other people are doing and making a, a positive effect in the community. It was really cool to sit there and be able to listen to him talk about it and, and really just to see the excitement on his face talking about it. You could see that it's made a huge impact in his life as well as those that he gets to serve. So um, I would, I'm definitely going to have him on here on an episode just to talk about it because this podcast isn't really going to just be for you know what we do here. I want to showcase and highlight what other people are doing out in the community to, to help us all get other ideas and, and to help out where we can. There might be somebody listening right now. It's like, oh, I'm a scuba instructor and I want to connect with Quinn and, and help with that. Um, we want to make that kind of stuff happen. Second announcement, um, great organization I've talked about in the past called MASK up in Inglewood. It's Mothers Against Senseless Killings. Um, they're the folks that are basically just a presence in their community. They're out on the block and, you know, visible and they've done so much great work in Inglewood. Uh, every year they do a big party before the school year starts on Labor Day weekend. And last year we were blessed to be a, a part of it. And uh, we collected school supplies and donations for the kids to get school uniforms and different things that they needed for the school year. So we are accepting any donations of school supplies. Uh, also financial donations for people that want to help with the um, school uniforms. So if you want to make a donation at Inc180.com and just simply put Inglewood or mask in the comment section, uh, we can get those funds right to them, get school supplies that those kids need to have a great year and, and do great things in Inglewood. Um, the last announcement that I had, Kyle and I were talking about this morning, kind of brought this to my attention. Now, again, I just learned about it this morning. So we're going to do some investigative work on it and check it out. But HBO has got a new show coming out next month in September called The Deuce. And he was reading a, an article that came out about it. And James Franco and Maggie Gyllenhaal star in this, this series on HBO. And really it's going to be talking about porn, um, things that are related to porn addiction, prostitution, different things like that. Now, we haven't seen this. We don't know if it's typical HBO, like let's sensationalize something or if it's actually going to be something productive. So uh, we're going to review that. Once it comes out, we'll watch it and, and kind of give our thoughts on it. But that's, you know, coming up, I think it premieres September 10th, I wrote down. Um, but, you know, we'll check it out and see what we think. Hopefully they do something good with it. You know, it would be nice to see one of these media companies do something productive and tell the real side, the real story and talk about what these industries do to those that are involved in them. Kind of to close things out. I just wanted to say, you know, let's, 
Let's try to start looking at each other as human beings with feelings and emotions. Um, you know, people, I've had people tell me, you know, Chris, like, what's the big deal? Like pros- they, prostitutes do that because they want to do it. Strippers do that because they want to do it. And they want to make that money. Like, guys, if you, if you really think that's real, you have no idea what you're, you're talking about. Um, we've had enough conversations with people who were trafficked and people that came out of the sex industry. And it's not a glamorous thing. You know, Annie says it in our documentary. She said that they sold the sex industry her to her and others as something that was glamorous and sexy, and it was the biggest lie going. And uh, I can't wait for you to hear her story from her point of view and her words because it's one of the most powerful testimonies that you'll ever hear. If you're sitting there right now thinking, oh, man, what's the big deal about porn? What's the big deal about going to the strip club with my boys? What's the big deal about this and that? You need to make sure you listen in when we have Annie in here in a few weeks um, because it'll change your mind. It'll change the way you think. It'll change the way we raise our kids and the conversations that we have. So let's go out this week. Do something. I always tell you, do something to help somebody around you. You may not have, you don't have to know them or anything. It doesn't have to be big or anything. Just go out and let your light shine through. There's some switch foot on the way out the door. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Go be a blessing. Yourself now, you can't run away. Cause